You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Start with the Mishnah in the beginning of the fifth parak of Rachos. I have it up here on the board for you. Uh, so this is not saying you have to have Kavada. This Mishnah is telling you that your tefillah has to come out of something called COVID Rosh. COVID Rosh has to be the attitude that you have and the tefillah springs from it. Now that could also be the Kriyat Shema and other things, but the the beginning of tefillah has to have COVID Rosh around it. Now, what is COVID Rosh? Right? You say COVID Rosh is I'm serious. And, and Rashi says what that means is Rashi says it means you're, you feel submissive. And there are a lot of things that can get you to feel submissive. If you think about how great God is, how, how insignificant you are, that has to be what you're feeling. That's Kovid Rosh. That's what Rashi says. And if we look at Rabbeinu Yonah, on his, at least the students of Rabbeinu Yonah in their Kid Rosh, it means V'yoshev Bahachna'a. If you have a bad headache, you just sit there saying, I'm beaten. It's not just, I'm a nobody. According to Rashi, could just mean, you're nothing. Ema is more the reason why you're nothing, because you're scared, because you realize how great God is. And why do you need that? Because, as we learned last week, in order for your tefillot to be mukubal, you need to have the, the proper frame of mind. Even though everything else you do in your life might be positive. But if the moment that you're there, it's not spontaneous like it was, like we talked about feeling the sense of bitachon, or if you are somehow coming into this moment as if you really are significant and you deserve respect and you're someone important, you've got to make sure that you work on that. You have to dampen that normal feeling of, hey, I feel great. That's the in order for the tefillah to work. So the reason why Chazal are telling you this is because, not because it's not called davening otherwise. This is not about kavana. This is almost like the Mishnah teaching you, Rabbeinu Yonah explains, don't you want this thing to work? So when it says, Ein om dim ela, the way I understand from Rabbeinu Yonah, it's not a command. Like, you better uh, have a shirt on when you're davening. You better be standing up. You shouldn't be near um, fecal material. This is helping you. We want you, don't you want diving to work? Sure. So the mission is giving you an advice. There should be COVID Roche beforehand. Okay. Now, the mission goes on and says that the Hasidim are Rishonim, Hayushon Shoachasum is Paulim, Kedeshi Yechab Nulibam Lavim Shabeshamayim. So this is not about COVID Roche, though. This is something else. This is about Kavana. So let's let's review. 
the first part of the Mishnah was about, look, you could have the best kavanah in the world, but 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 filtering behind the kavanah is a sense that you're someone special, that you're deservant. God's not going to get your take your prayers that way. That's called COVID Rosh. And then we have something else called getting your mind ready for kavanah. Kedei, getting your mind ready. That's what it sounds like. That would be the simple shot, right? That the chassidim did more. Everybody should, nobody should come into the, no, no one should come to davening with a sense that they are deserve anything. Nobody should have that. But the, but the chassidim are him. The chassidim are have something else. They spend an hour beforehand waiting, getting their mind ready for Kavana to work. That seems to be the simple pshat. Does that mean other people don't? Well, other people don't have the time, right? I think Amar is going to say, like, what's going to happen? But the Hasidim Rishonim used to do that. By the way, Rav Tzadak HaKohen writes in his Sefer, Tzidkas, in a while. But let's talk about the Gemara. The Gemara says, Minani Mile. How do we know that COVID Rosh is so wonderful for Tfilah to work? Amr Abelazar, the Amr Kra. Here's somebody whose Tfilah worked, and boy, did it work. Chana, right? Here's Chana. Again, we know how beaten she was, how terrible she felt. moras nefesh. But this al Hashem, tivke. She was. Now, this is interesting that the Gemara equates Ema and Achna to this term, Moras Nefesh. Moras Nefesh is the way Rashi and Rabbi Yonah would explain, similar to, to Ema of Achna. In other words, the, you are beaten down. You don't feel really good about yourself. You're upset with the way your life is and about what you've accomplished and where you're going. You have, it, it permeates within you. And Hannah had that and she cried. And of course she, she made, and it says that she davened, that it's Baleo. Vatidor neder vatomer Hashem tzivokos. And she did a right job. Look, she did Shevach first. She praised God. She called him the Lord of hosts. And then she got down to business. Right? Can you see how the pain I have? Remember the good things I did. Don't forget me. Let me have a child. Let me let, let me have a child that'll live. Zera Noshim, a child that will grow into a, an adult. And you know what? I'm not even for myself. I'll give him to God. And he'll be sort of like a nozer. Umora Rosho. It's almost like he'll be like a nazir, he'll be uh, a tzaddik. Okay, so now um, we know she was answered, of course, and this, of course, was Shmuel Anabi. So the Gemara thinks, well, maybe Chana is the source for all of us, and Chana is the source for why we should all be in that certain situation. So the Gemara says, Dilma Chana shining. Chana is in the, you. You can't use Chana as as a template. Why? 
because what she went through wasn't it's true she, she did cry but the Javi Marisa Libatuva, her story, the way she was, you know, browbeaten by 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 Panina, the way she felt with you know the pain of, of, of seeing other children when she couldn't have children, she was so upset. So as an individual, you can't use her as a model for everyone. Okay. So, let's take a look at the fifth parak of Tilim. The fifth parak of Tilim, Dovid Amelech is, is really letting it go. He says, Listen to me. Understand my thoughts. Wow. David is really unleashing. Uh, 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 demands, not demands, he's begging God to listen to what I have, I'm davening for. Hashem boker tishma koli. In the morning, listen to my the sound of my voice. Boker erech I'm going to set it up in front of you. I'm going to go through the, the right words to say, and I'm going to wait. Because look, I know you don't like evil, Evil can't be with you people where Rishayim are not, and I, I am not. I've changed myself, I'm, and I, I renounce any connection to anything that's wrong. And I know people that are that are just uh, cynics and, and, and let's jokers, they can't stand in front of you. And you, you hate people that do Averot. Anything that's dishonest. Uh, again, David Amelch is distancing himself from anything negative. And he said, just listen, God, you are allowing me with your great kindness to come here, to come to the Mishkan, to come to a place of, of tefillah. So I'm doing it in Yira. So now we're equating Yira to Kovid Rosh. David did it. Now, unlike Hannah, we don't know that David was answered and what David was davening for. But we see David is really letting it loose. I mean, David is really begging, as you can see. So it sounds like David is, David is trying to uh, vouchsafe that his tefillahs are going to work. And he says, look, look, look what I'm doing. I'm coming here and I'm in a state of Yira. So Morris says, hmm, David's different. David shining. David really, as an individual, pushed himself in davening more than the average person. So Chana was not average because of life. And that's who she was. And David worked on himself, and you can't use David. We saw from Ramosha Feinstein last week, if you remember, that we can't prove, we cannot model ourselves after David. I mean, we can aspire and be inspired by him. But the Gemara is saying, and this could be a proof to Ramosha's point, David, of course, David, this was who he was. And therefore, you can't therefore say in the Mishnah, everybody be like Mike. You can't be like Mike. You can't be like David. 
David is the ultimate mispalel. David really pushes himself for tefillah. Okay. So we can't use Chana, we can't use David. So Shubin Levi says, we know who we can use. Amri Shubin Levi Mehocha. This is David's song, but this is not the song of David as an individual. In other words, David Amelech has two hats. One hat that he wears is his personal prayer diary. His personal prayer diary. Um, a personal prayer diary. That is, and that's like his kishkas, as we say. David's kishkas are on the table. That David you can't learn from. Then there's David as the writer for the Jewish people. Now, sometimes those two get, those things get conflated. Sometimes you feel like you need to step into David's shoes and you say the parakantilin. But you need to realize that it's beautiful words. It has a power when you say it. But those are very unique to that man who he was and his time. And it's almost like you're reading the exploits. Your kid who wants to play baseball and you're reading about Willie Mays. And you're worrying about how incredible he was. Right? So it makes you feel great reading about it. But that's not you. Okay, you aren't going to be able to steal home on a on a on a ground ball. You're not going to be able to do that. Okay, you're not going to be able to make a basket catch running backwards, and then once you have the ball, throw out the guy who's running from third to home plate. You won't be able to do that. I promise. You cannot be David, but you can be inspired by it. But that can't be right. But then Willie can make a, a, a video where he's teaching all the little leaguers how to bat. And that's Mizmor Ledovid. That's where, hey, everybody, this is for everyone. So this is for everyone. Okay? Havu Hashem Elim. Havu Hashem, give God all you b'nei Elim. Havu Hashem Kovah V'oz. Havu Hashem Kovah Shemo. Everybody can do it. Ishtachvu Adonai Bahadras Kodesh. So this is about to pray to God, prostate yourself, and do it Bahadras Kodesh. So what does it mean, Hadras Kodesh? In some sort of beauty of holiness. So we're going to say, you know what Hadras means? Hadras is Hadras. Hardas Kodesh. Hardas, like Hared. Right? It's like, I'm shaking. How are you shaking? You shake when you're scared. So you have to have Yira, scariness. Hardas Kodesh. So that's the proof that David HaMelech, speaking for everyone, says, everyone, this is what you should be doing. Okay, now the Mishnah can say it. That's COVID Rosh. One second. Who says that's what it means? Hadar means something fancy. Maybe it doesn't mean that. So, Rav Nachem Bar Yitzhak says, all of you have got it wrong. You know what the proof is? The proof is in Perik Bays of Tilim. And this is a strange proof. All the psukim we set up until now have got, actually, if you think about it, the first Pasuk was the best, right? Because Chana was davening. It says, Ispalel, Bokh, and we know what she wanted. The second one was more vague. It was like 
God saying, David saying, listen to me, just listen to my prayer. Like, we don't know what she's davening for, David's davening for. It was vague. Okay. The third one was totally not in Pshat, right? Bahadras Kodesh becomes Chardas, Chardas Kodesh. The fourth one, the fourth proof, which is the final Pusik, as we're going to see in a minute, is in a way in Pshat very difficult to see where we see this idea. Okay? So the Pusik says, God says, my God said in his anger, with his, he will speak and, and, and pronounce, and in his anger, he's going to, he's going to uh, get people confused. He's going to say, you other nations of the world, I have anointed a king. So I am going to say over, I guess, what God wants to say. On that day, when we can tell the non-Jewish world, we have a king, we have Mashiach, God is going to say, son, I birthed you today. Whatever you ask. I'm going to let the, you're going to take over the world. Your achuz is going to go to the end of the planet. It's going to be Jew world all over. And you know about those other nations? You're going to smash them with a big stick. You're going to really just wipe them away with, with, with a battering ram, with some sort of kliyotzer. Okay. And therefore, melochim haskilu, and therefore, all you kings, figure this out. He was through shofte arets. The the shoftim, you guys got to take musr. He was through. You guys got to get in line. Ivdu es Adonai biyira. Serve God with yira. Vigilu biraada. Hmm. You might have wanted what the title of today was, Exulting and Trembling. And all you exult, Gilu, <laughs> while you're trembling. Now, the simple shot in this Pasek, if you look in Rashi and the Mefarshim Mantelin, is you guys are going to be happy while everybody else is trembling. The rest of the world is trembling. You will serve God with Yira, and you will rejoice as the world, in a way, crumbles, and the other and the old order of things changes, and those other nations are put down. Chazal reject that interpretation, or at least not for us. For us, Chazal are going to say this is not about that the rest of the world is you know loses and Mashiach is here. This is about right here and right now. This Pusik is really out of context, according to Chazal. We're going to take it out of context and say, this is what serving of God is about. It's Yira and Gilu Bira'oda. And the Gemara says, My Vigilu Bira'oda, Amravada Barmas, Namaraba, Mokam Gila, Sham Tekei Ra'oda. Now, 
that means when things are giladik, when things are happy, you need to have ra'ada imposed. Which means that's their signpost. Now, here's my question. How important is this gilu bira'ada part? Because what happens is, is that the Gemara goes into a whole discussion about never being too happy. Ne- always remember to tremble. Always remember trembling is, is, is very important. Right? Um, the Gemara talks about, um, right, the Gemara says, Abaya is sitting in front of his, his nephew. Uh, his uncle, Rabba. And, and Rabba saw he was very happy. And he said, what are you so happy for? Right? I understand you're here, you're learning Torah, I love you, but you know what? This is too much. So he says, Now Rabbi Yonah explains what that means. Rabbi Yonah explains that Abaya was recovering from stomach illness. And he was happy that he was able to wear tefillin again. So that's why he was so happy. But normally, you're right, right? Rav Yirmiya, the same thing happened with Rav Yirmiya and Rav Zera. But then Rav Zera quoted another Pusik. It says, Bechol Pusik in, in Mishle. Bechol Etsev. Whenever you're like Etsev. Now, is that depressed? Is that nervousness? Right? Atzabim in modern Hebrew is nerves, right? But but atzvut we know is someone who's whose whose nerves are shot and is just depressed and doesn't think they can do anything. But this state of etzev is motar, is good. You're gonna get benefits from that. Meaning that I want to see you upset. I want to see you beetsev. I want to see that, that that you're not so happy. I want to see. I want to see a tempered. The Gemara. The Gemara says that being in a state of elation, pure elation, is problematic, unless you've got a real reason for it. Rashi. Says. You sort of have to like assume a certain sort of like you know like 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 you're not happy. You you show yourself atsev. That's funny. Rashi in um in Mishle says atsev means um working hard, showing sweat out of your job. That's what etzev is. It's like you see the guy really pushing hard to get the job done. Not that he's upset. It's like when you see a kid working hard on, on getting the answer and like they squeeze up their face and they, you can see them concentrating hard. Or you see a person who's trying to, to push something through. John Henry trying to get through the, uh, <laughs> to get through the cave, whatever it is. Oh, look at his face. You can see it's full of etzev. That's good. Rashi says in Mishle, Etsev is good because that means you really put your work in it, you sweat in it, and you're going to enjoy it at the end. Here, the, Rashi interprets the Gemara to mean that you got to show yourself as being Etsev, right? You're supposed to you're supposed to look depressed. You're supposed to look like right. You're supposed to seem sad. 
Now, Rashi then says, okay, why do you have to seem sad? So Rashi says, because the Gemara doesn't just say being happy, over happy. Because if you're over happy, it looks like you are, um, like, what are you so happy about? What? What's, what, what you don't have to miss us anymore? Like, you don't care about, you don't care about God? It's like, a, a kid is super happy, the student is super happy, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. It's like, it's like you're throwing God away. No, no. So the, the answer is, Rabbeinu Yonah says, tefillin means, I'm happy I can do a mitzvah. Because I, I had to use the bag, I, 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 I couldn't wear tefillin before. Rashi says, you know what tefillin means? Don't be scared. I'm wearing tefillin. So you're right. Outwardly, I'm smiling like, like, I don't know, smiling like ear to ear. And, and I'm tapping my toes and I'm jumping around. But I got my tefillin on. And the tefillin shows that I'm in control. I've got something in control. I got something controlling me. So tefillin is the antidote, Raji says. <laughs> but really, if you don't have your tefillin on, the actual actions of showing elation is problematic, the Gemara says. And the Gemara then says it again. The Gemara says that even at a wedding, the Gemara says that when it seems like they were going too nuts, the the the, the dancers. The Rabbanon, what happened? Marbre Dravina broke a very, uh, a very uh, a, a precious glass. It was worth four hundred zoos. Four hundred zoos, by the way, could could keep an average person um, in all their daily expenses for two years. So today, that would be probably about about a hundred thousand dollars, right? At least, right? In New York, about $200,000, right? That's how expensive this thing was. And that's what he broke. In order for them to say, whoa, Atsivu. Um, Ravashi did the same thing. Um, the Gemara then says that the Rabbanan asked Rav Amnuna Zuti, Rav Amnuna the Small, when did they ask him that? Vihilula de Marbere de Ravina. Marbere de Ravina was a great Talmud Chacham. It should have been the biggest simcha that he's getting married. It's Ravina's son. Yay! He's a superstar. So they asked Hamnuna Zute. They said, Lishravon Mar, can you sing us? Sing us a song. So, Omer Lahu, so he sang. And this was his song. Whoa, we're all dying. We're all dying. Right? It was right. Here's a wedding representing life that's going to happen, a new generation. Ravina's going to have grandchildren. And here comes the song. The song of the wedding singer sings, Woe to us that we are dying. Woe to us that we are dying. So, Amri so they said to him, Anan, ma nani basrach. So, what are we supposed to answer to you? <laughs> like, like, what's the chorus on that? 
right? What are you supposed to say, right? Yeah. So, Omer, I'll tell you what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say, hey, Torah, hey, mitzvah, the magnolon. In other words, we're going to die, but there's Torah and mitzvahs that can somehow protect us in some way. And maybe protect us from what? <laughs> protect us from Gehenna? That's the way Rashi works, right? We're, gonna, we're all going to die and we're going to go to Gehenna, but we've got Torah and mitzvahs. So that's really, that's the attitude you have to have. The Gemara then brings Rav Shimon Bar Yochai's famous statement that you can't belly laugh in this world. Right? Oz, when is that? That's going to be in the aforementioned Mashiach's time. Up until that point, um, you can't. You cannot, you have to control. And the Gemara says about Rishlokish that nobody ever saw him laugh with a complete laugh because he heard from Rabbi Yochanan, you can't do it. Okay. Um, essential to tefillah or not? I mean, is this an example of the Gemara basically quoting a Pusik Biyira? That's it. That seems to be the shot from Rashi. Hey, you know what? You quoted the whole Pusik. What is that Gil Barada stuff? And then the Gemara goes into a whole side thing about weddings and about places where you're overdoing stuff. Does that have anything to do with tefillah at all? That's my question. You could say it doesn't. You could say, but it's it's strange that the Gemara picks up on it and takes such a side turn. The Gemara then returns to the ideas about what you should have in your mind about tefillah. But what is Gilu, how does Gilu Barada fit into tefillah? That, that, that is a question that I have. Now, one of the reasons why I think it's a question is because later, the Gemara actually has two alternative options for what your tefillah should be based on. One of them is this. Is, is this. Not like the Mishnah. You know what you should go into davening with? Learning Torah. Mitoch halacha psuka. In other words, not thinking about, I am nothing. I am worthless. I don't deserve anything. I am small and insignificant. I am scared. No. You know what? Do you know what should be your entry into learning, into davening? A halacha psuka. That's what'll do it. Halacha psuka will get you there. Um, Again, Rashi, as you see here, Dina <laughs> Shogehenim. Why is Halacha Psuka so important? First of all, She'eino Tzricha Iyun, Shelo Yechei Machara Babit Filoso. Okay. So let me understand something. I, I get it. It should be a Halacha that you're not, you shouldn't be thinking and learning during Davening. Okay, but why is it good why should that be what pushes you into tefillah? Now, you could say, look, I'm going to, people daven right after they finish learning. So make sure what you learn right before you start davening is something that's not going to get into your brain. That's, that's the way you could learn this Gemara. That these are actually, even though, listen to what I'm saying. 
the Gemara uses the exact same phraseology. Ein om dem elamitoch. Ein om dem elamitoch kovet rosh. Ein om dem elamitoch halacha psuka. The first statement is an eighth of how davening can work, how it can be effective, what sort of things should be in your head, how you should approach davening. Okay. What is this one? Is this one telling you, hey, if you happen to be learning, make sure that you, before you start, that before you go about to daven, make sure the last thing that you learn is something that's not going to complicate your brain and you're going to be thrust back into it without wanting to be that way when you're davening. You get that sense from Rashi, but look at the next piece of Gemara. The Gemara says, Rabbanan Avdi Kemasnisen, most of the Rabban in the yeshiva would do like the Mishnah, which meant Kovid Rosh, as Rashi says. Mitoch Kovid Rosh. But Rav Ashi would go like the Brisa. What's the Brisa? Mitoch Halacha Psuka. So it's clear from the way Rashi learns the Gemara here that it's a machlokas, that the Mishnah and the Brisa are at odds with each other. So now I'm going to ask a question. I understand that COVID Rosh is crucial to give, to to allow yourself not to be haughty, to realize what tefillah is about. It maximizes your chances for your tefillah to be miskabo. What does learning Torah do for that? Learning Torah does it too. Isn't learning Torah? Aren't these two separate mitzvahs? That right? They're two beautiful mitzvahs. But is one actually essential for the other? It sounds like, yes. Right? It sounds like is what I need it. It isn't just, oh, Marv's going to be at nine o'clock. We have a Seder from eight to nine. Marv, we daven. No, we, we daven because we had the Seder. We had the Seder. And therefore, the, the Bryce is telling you, look, you're going to do great things in that Seder. You're going to argue with your Chavrusa. You're going to see things that are surprising. And now, but as Seder is over and Marv's going to start, whatever it is, end it off with a Lach But Torah has to be there. So is it, is it about Torah or is it about attitude? Is it about Yira? Is it about Yira or is it about Torah? Both Ravashi said, I'm not doing the Mishnah stuff. I'm not going to sit there and make myself depressed and think about how low I am. You know what? I'm going to go into davening. I'm going to learn Torah. And that is somehow beautiful for, now, is it because you learned about the machine, learned about Geula? Is it because you learned about, no. You, you learn about, as we see from the Gemara, the Gemara gives us a bunch of examples of halachas psukos. You know what I, you know, I learned about taking Meiser, taking Truba, about Anida. That's what I learned about. I learned about Meila. That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, okay, that, that's number two. And then we have a third Bryce. The third Bryce says, we're going to get, third Bryce says, okay, not that you just had a shmooze, time to daven. Not because, oh, we just had a great joke. Or some other, uh, right? The opposite. You might have thought Atzvus. Doesn't that sound similar to COVID Rosh? Right? Doesn't that similar to Etzef? Remember we said Bechol Etzef, COVID, right? Mori Nefesh? We thought Chana was an example of COVID Rosh. 
She was Ba'atzvus, wasn't she? Right? We thought Chana was a, was, was a paradigm of what you should be like before you daven. This price says no. That's not what, it's, it ain't going to work. It shouldn't be that way. You should, right? Again, all of these things are not halachas. They're all kashkafa about what is an effective person in tefillah. Is the effective person in tefillah the attitude of hachna and ema? The effective person is the person is riding the, the rocket of Torah, the super rocket of the mind of God in Torah. Is that what it is? The third thing is thing is Simcha. Simcha. Simcha Shal Mitzvah. Mitoch Simcha Shal Mitzvah. That's the third opinion. Okay. Now, so we got three different opinions about what tefillah is supposed to be. Let me do Rabbeinu Yonah now. Let me learn Rabbeinu Yonah. So let's take a look. Remember the Hasidim Rishonim? It says that they waited an hour. So he says, Like I was explaining in Pashup Shat, I need to just get clear my head. My thoughts are coming at 50,000 an hour. They're all over the place. Or 50,000 a day. <laughs> so whatever it is, a couple of thousand every hour. My Rebbe, Rabbeinu Yonah, did not like that. Because then it's not being machaven to the makom. That means they're concentrating on davening. I need to say these words, so I need to get out of my head this thought. Get out of my head, mortgage. Get out of my head, basketball. Get out of my head, uh, uh, guy that I don't like at work. Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Because I need to concentrate on these words. That's what it should say. Later, when we talk about kavana, we just say, mispalok has to be machave. What does it mean? What did the Hasidim Arishonim do? It doesn't mean I've got to clear my head. It means I've got to become someone different or the best person I can be. Meaning I am upgrading myself in this hour. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that I'm clearing my thoughts. That I'm not thinking about that stuff. It's that I negate them. What that means is that they become, in a way, a chassid is someone who recognizes that as 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 great as that chocolate cake tastes, or any other sort of thing that 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 somehow affects your body, and you feel great about it, you cancel it. You say it's nothing. Yivatul melibam taniga olam azev 
again, this is different than clearing your mind. Clearing your mind is I'm not thinking about that mortgage. I'm not thinking about the pretty neighbor next door. I've got it out of my head. No, no, no. It's all, it's not there. Here, the point is you are, dis, you are obliterating it in your head, the significance of all of that. It's not just that you're, it's not in your head, that you're not letting it enter. You've built a dome. You've actually torpedoed the world completely. There, it's like the world's gone. And that every, all the benefits of this world, he says, for the chassid anyway, have been canceled. And therefore, since they don't feel their body driving them towards these tainugim of this world, what happens then, not like Rashi, who says, like, like even it's a, not like the first part of the Mishnah, like Rashi Bayona said, that this is the schus, that God should be makabal your tefillah. So now, kavanos and beroma Hashem, all you're thinking about is the, what, how great God is. And through this, to be able to actually purify your heart from what Averis have done and the, the, the feeling good that those Averis insert in you. And from the Tainugem Olamazeh that doing those Averis helps maximize. You need a, you, a, a chassid can do it, but he can't do it by himself. You need God to help. Now, you, you, you can, in a way, get there because your mind is with God now. You, 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 are, you are actively canceling. You are somehow channeling, connecting. And because of that, you're going to have some help. And it, it, it's going to allow you to sustain the 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes of prayer. But you need God's help for that. Now, that the tainuge oilam the automatic feeling that we have towards elation and happiness and enjoyment of this physical world, in his mind, is runs counter to cleaving to God. Now, let's go to the point about Gila Varoda. He says it again. Remember I asked before, is this, aren't we finished? If the Hashem Be'ir is enough, what do we need to start talking about Gilu Beroda for? So he says, He is scared. He feels all of us need to be scared about what our body on a primal level, feels the happiness and the connection, whether it's wine, women, song, whatever it is, money, right? All of that, which generates a simcha within us, is anti-God. And we, therefore, simcha can, listen to what I'm saying, once it's, it's, once it's elicited, even if it's for a good reason, finds itself naturally 
over turning into something that's negative. Because basically simcha to him automatically almost leads to desires of the body and the tainugam of this world. Remember, he said even the chassid needs help from God to be able to get there. So Rabbi Yonah says, what you need to do is mix the two. So you need to mix them. You need to mix, you need to insert ra'ada in simcha. Otherwise, simcha, again, he does not trust you. Simcha to him, without you layering it with fear or depression, whatever you want to call it, the etzev, it will naturally steamroll into something negative. Unless you somehow mix it, he says. Now, the simple pshad in the Pasik is, Normally, let's take a look at the way you relate to a human being. Are you besimcha to see him or are you biyira? If you are biyira, if you're biyira with someone who ome near tevedoeg, then you're trembling. You're not besimcha. This is this is the higher chancellor of of, of the devachmacht, right? Whatever they write. Oh, I am scared. With God, it's not that way. When you actually think about how great God is, and you're in fear, so what happens? You start being happy that you have this merit to serve God. And there's actually Gilu and Rada happening simultaneously. You're actually happy while the fear is going on. Why? Because fear is obviously pushing you to be obedient. Okay. But you know what that means, though. You know, as a thinking Jew or as a thinking human, visos venelas bikiyuma. But you are so happy that you are fulfilling it. You're like excited that you can do it. Why? Sheyodea kishoro ito. Because you know that God is going to, isn't just the chancellor, isn't going to kill you. You know that you're going to get tremendous scar from God for doing this. And you know, upuloso lefonov. And you know that God knows everything that you're doing. And you see that God can see it and can cherish it. How could both be true? In other words, we have one, the Mishnah says that COVID Rosh, COVID Rosh is Yira. The third price, says, Simcha. 
How can both be true? In fact, there's one Pasuk that says, serve God with Simcha. If do es Hashem b'simcha, right? So, then if does Hashem b'yira, how can both be true? So Rabbeinu Yonah know, says they are both true. Tav do es Hashem b'yira. Uva'oso ha'yira. But as you're feeling the yira permeating within you, tismachu v'togilobo. Again, where's the simcha? The simcha is not my body is excited and I'm just so happy and the jokes are flying. And just because that in Rabbeinu Yonah's world is the sitra achra, is ra. And you have to temper it. But there's another simcha you can find as the yira takes you over. Because as the yira has taken you over, you are scared to do anything else. And you say, I am committed to God totally and completely, and uh, he can, and I will serve him. And therefore, you a happiness starts to grow within you. Now, look what he says here. The Asura. What's he mean here by Simcha Acheres Asura? The other Simcha, the one we just talked about before, about being too happy getting too excited, right? Right. The stuff that we would call simcha from the Hasidic perspective. That's Osir, he says. Because that's the one that you've got to like lay on. That's the one that, 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 all, that they broke the glass for. That was the one where they were dancing too much. Even though they said we're doing it because it's the grandson of the greatest Talmud Chacham in the world, and we're so happy that there's going to be more Jews in the world. But you know what? What were you doing? You're dancing with your body. You're enjoying the music. You're jumping around with a bottle of wine, right? right? Look, all that, all that excitement and is the same excitement energy that you feel when you want to, that you think that you've grafted, that you're able to spend, or any other sort of chocolate cake or other stuff. Rabbeinu says, that's the same thing that you're feeling, so that needs to be tempered. But there's another sort of simcha that he says, comes out of recognizing that you've got yira within you. And the yira of God, especially, not the yira of a person, the yira of a Trump or anybody, of a Biden, a Trump, or anybody that you are scared of, does not lead to any simcha. It leads to just shaking and quaking, and boy, I'm happy, I'm, I'm out of there. The yira of God since it leads to service, which you know is connected to eternal life, and you know is never going to go away, and you know it's the fairest, greatest judge there can be, and you have the right to become an actualized human being and to be respected and to earn your olam haba, so that gives you simcha. And that is yira and simcha biyachad. There's simcha you can't do. But simcha zu like it says, In other words, you did not serve God with simcha. That, that simcha, you're mechuyev. So really, to basically just, just when the ra'ad is happening, you will exult within the trembling because the way he's explaining it now if you really f- come to fear God as part of your feel experience, then you will be roed, right? You will be roed, but what's permeating it? Gila is permeating it. 
the Gemara needed to say Gilu Bara'ada as well. The Gemara needed to emphasize aspects of Simcha. The Gemara put it on the table. Gilu Bara'ada. Now, one hand, you have the Simcha that's Aser, and the Gemara goes into a whole discussion about that. But Rabbeinu Yona feels that there's another element here. Now, the Chesidim Arishonim, as we know, remember, they're the ones that are Mavatil the Tainuge Olam They also have, that's something that we are, we are encouraged to emulate. We can't be them, but we have to understand that Simcha can happen through a state of fear and, and uh, of Ra'oda. In fact, real Gila can happen. That's what he says. You will be happy and you will exult in it because you are you realize that the Yira is the engine that is prompting you to keep on living a fulfilled life of mitzvahs. And that's what the Simch is. Now, like, again, it is not the Hasidic interpretation that the, the ex, that what you're sensing is exalting in God's presence, right? That's what they'll tell you. That when you're dancing, you're able to somehow displace, do it for God. Do that simcha, generate that simcha for God. Generate that, no, Rabbeinu Yona rejects that. Because that is the type of thing that can go overboard. And that's why Chazal are telling you, it goes overboard. And you need to temper it constantly. Can't trust yourself. But you could find a very sublime sense of, 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 of simcha. You can find a sublime sense. And that comes, that can come, it could happen in your davening. And that's why you could have ein omnen waspaul el mitoch simcha. It doesn't mean the simcha, simcha mitzvah or simcha itself is the simcha of recognition of what Avodah Hashem is. Now I know what I'm saying Hashem, it's one thing. You want to be misameach takala, it's something else. But don't think that this is somehow dveikas to God. No. Dveikas, that simcha is usr. And he, and, he, and he consistently, that's his shita consistently. And that's really the point that I wanted to bring out. So let's talk about Rabbeinu Yonah's comment on, on not being a malishok piv. So the words in the Gemara are olam Hazer. Many people misinterpret this, he says. Many people think it means the Chorban. That while it's, this is like one of the Xeros, and that seems to be the interpretation of the Rif. Because the Rif quotes this Gemara, and then he quotes the Gemara in Gitin about not playing music because of the Chorban. The Rif takes this statement about it's also to be malas chok in this world. Right? So the Rif connects this the things we do because of the Chorban. Like we don't play live music and other things like that. Rabbeinu Yonah disagrees with the riff. And he says that if the riff is right, it should have said, He says, even if we would have the Beis HaMikdash, like in the time of the second Beis HaMikdash, it would be Why? Shehasimcha I don't care what it is. Simcha, because of its because of its 
semi-erotic quality gets you because how it appeals to your body makes you forget mitzvahs, like I like I've said before. Now, the Gemara says though, oh, you know when we can finally let simcha, like physical simcha, happen? When the goyim are going to say Higdal Hashem Lasso Simeva. It's not because of the base of Miktosh. When can Simcha be allowed? It's not the Mashiach, it's not the Besamikdash, it's the accompanying miracles. Because what happens then is, it's like we get shocked into recognizing that there's only God. Why are we happy? Because we are witnessing miracles that are happening, and therefore we, we, we are just living megaphones of that. And that's why the Goyim are saying, Look what they're doing. And they're going to see that we, we're just telling her, you see what God did? It's incredible. The Simcha Kazoo is the Simcha Sabore. That's the Simcha of God. That's the mitzvah gedola of Persimanes. In other words, it's got to be a day of miracle. If it's a day of miracle, then it's God's simcha. And even on Yantif, he says, he says, like for example, we say, Halel, Zeh Yom Asad Unai, Nagil What does that mean? Of course, it's a Yantif, and God did great things for us. And benefited us. And we're happy with the benefit that we're free. We're happy with the benefit we got the Torah. But the Iker Simcha is not because it's a Yom Tov and we're remembering that God did this for us. The Iker Simcha is Bavur Hashem. Lefarsim is called Hagadolos. It's because this, in a way, we are living proof that God exists, God does miracles, God changes things. And therefore, we are sort of like the battery that, or the projection screen of God's miracles. That's why we can have simcha in the future. That's what he means. But it's not because, oh, you, you, there's no Beis HaMikdosh. So again, you see that to him, the only time we're ever going to be allowed is when we, we sort of become puppets of God. Like in the Mos HaMashiach, with these open miracles, then it's almost like the blinders are off. And of course, our bodies aren't thinking about all these tithes. We are just we are just conduits of God's miracles happening. So that's why we're laughing and we're and, and our bodies are acting that way. But before that time, it cannot happen. It's also it can't happen. Right? So. Again, I'm not saying that this is the popular approach. The, the, the Rif quotes the Gemara um, in, in Yavamas, I believe, where it says, when a person davens, he has to have his eyes below and his heart above. Okay, so what does that mean? Your, your heart's above, your eyes are below. So Yonah says, Klomar, Okay, again. It's all about killing that, not about clearing your brain. 
It's about canceling any sense that these Tainugim mean anything. And then he says, like the Kadmonim say, Goodbye, body. I can strip my body away. Rabbeinu Yonah was part of the Hasidim, who, again, not the Hasidim of Baal Shem Tov. His version of Hasidus was, Pashot Gufcha Me'al Nishmasecha. Your body is, your goof is enclosed in your body. And you, you know what you can do? You can strip that body away and you could be pure Nishama. And therefore, you're not, you don't feel like you want that food. You don't feel like you want that woman. You don't feel like you want that money. You don't feel like you want anything. And therefore, that's called your heart. Is a, that's where your heart is above. That's what is a, That's what your libo is lamala. But that's secondary. Right? It's like, oh, I feel like I'm in the base of Mikdash. The first thing is, as he says, from is that you, this is the power that people have. The Hasidim are shown him, do it. And again, he believes everybody can do it. They can work on it. You can't get it clearer than that. We believe, it's interesting that we believe in sort of a fusion. We believe that you can harness the body. We believe that you can work with the body. We believe that the body can become a vessel and you become inspired. And right, and that dancing is the most beautiful thing in the world. Venus says, sorry, buddy, that, that can't happen yet. That can happen. That'll happen in the future. It's not happening now. What's happening now is basically the total asceticism. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.